This podcast is brought to you by The Province. This is Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Durdane. Hello and welcome to another edition of Seen and Heard with me, Stuart Durdane, who is lucky enough today to be speaking with um, sometimes Vancouver located, although every time we chat he seems to be somewhere else in the world, uh, Les Dalla of the uh, Vancouver Bach Choir and apparently lots of other things. Hello Les, uh, how are you? Hi Stuart, I'm great, thanks, how are you? I'm good. So, uh, how voice will travel? It, it, it always amazes me. It's like every time we, we chat, you seem to be, uh, you know, traipsing around the world, working on some. As we were just uh, earlier in, in the warm-up chat, talking about uh, a world premiere of a new piece of music by a less-known composer. Um, in this case, someone from Belgium. But I think last time it was some Estonian stuff, and uh, it just keeps going. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so is this the world of the the the, the, the world of choirs now? Um. I, I guess I mean you know the world of musician is is one that's uh, that involves lots of of different projects if one is lucky enough to to be busy and uh, um, you know working with different people with different singers with different instrumentalists uh, in the case of stage works with different directors and that sort of thing so uh, yeah it's uh, I don't know it's great it's it's my world and I'm I'm very happy to live in it nice so we've talked before it's it's about kind of oddly for a, for a city of its size what a choral center Vancouver has become like we have we just have, we seem to be blessed with a great number of extremely good choirs um, that's absolutely true many of which I mean of course you know there's some that have been around for a, a substantial amount of time but there in the last decade two decades they're, they're even more popping up so yeah we are we are very blessed that way it's true now of course one of them the one that you you know you work with the Vancouver Bach Choir is is seminal amongst those uh, to say the least, and it's always struck me that um, you know that, that that there's a joke in ballet companies that they're like if you know we don't get the Nutcracker then we're, we'll have to cut our season in half because that's what that's the big bums and seats show that's a guarantee and it, it always strikes me with with choirs um, you know you've got the Christmas with the Bach Choir on December sixth. And then you've, of course, yep. got the Messiah that uh, on December 12th. And just how important is this season and are these pieces of music to the viability or survivability of a, of a choir like this? Well, for us, they're, they're monumental. Um, in our case, you know, as you mentioned, we, I, I agree that the Bach Choir is one of the seminal groups. It, it, it is celebrating its 85th anniversary. Um, of existence, which is is huge. Uh, I'm I'm very much a relative newbie. I'm only in my sixth season with the choir, but uh, it, it's a it's a group that's been around for a long time. That has um, a very I think uh, impressive performance history. A lot of collaborations with the Vancouver Symphony over the years, both in in all of the standard. Uh, orchestral choral repertoire and a lot of new works that which had been commissioned by the group and, and a number of premieres and that sort of thing. So there is that for us. This season is huge and uh, definitely the month of December is is one that has a huge amount of, of visibility. 
Um, for us, we have the annual Christmas concert, which features, you know, over 400 singers on stage. With yeah, the, just... One of the things that makes us unique is the fact that we have a family of choirs. That, mm-hmm. And they start with the piccolos, who are at the youngest five, six years old, and goes right up through, you know, kids in their uh, sort of tweens, teens, and then young adult choir, and then you have a, um, the, the adult choir as part of that. So it's, it's something that's really very, very special. And, uh, it's a chance to hear a lot of, of diverse, um, Christmas music, uh, sung by again, many different groups from within our family of choirs. So it's a really, it's a great, it's a feel good event. We have a fantastic organist, um, Ellen Wong, who's been playing for us, uh, for a number of years. And we have a touch of brass, uh, brass quintet, uh, which is also a, a great group. So it's a very, you know, it's a really lively, cheerful, family-friendly Sunday afternoon, um, which is a nice tradition that we've been able to maintain. And of, as you mentioned, a week later, we're performing I, what I think has to be the most iconic piece uh, for choir and orchestra in Handel's Messiah, which was written in 1741 and has never gone out of the the repertoire it really hasn't it's, it's like a, it's like the greatest no, it, it, the greatest it, hit I of would, the greatest you know, hits it's the kind of piece that um, what's really unusual about the messiah is the fact that you know Handel was alive for 18 years after he wrote the piece and he personally uh, supervised or was involved in performances right up until his death mm-hmm. i think the last one took place literally a week before uh, he, he died. So, you know, it's most of the time when we're dealing with music from that period, often a, a work was maybe performed once and then languished. Um, right. I'm, I'm thinking of something like St. Matthew Passion, which we're performing of, of J.S. Bach, which is, again, con- considered one of the most important works ever written. And uh, that didn't have the same kind of performance history. Wow. After, you know, Bach, there was a premiere, it was revised, it was done again, and then the piece was not heard for a hundred years until Mendelssohn came along and and revived it and and the piece had it was completely unknown to people when it was played and suddenly there was like oh my god this this is unbelievable this piece and how did we not know about it but with the Messiah it because Handel was around and and uh, again was involved for uh, a number of of uh, performances I guess that makes it what seventeen eighteen. Uh, years of performing it, the, the work also changed a lot. And, uh, you know, he would write new arias depending on who was singing, which soloist he had available, or he would, he would make alternate versions of these things. So it's a, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle as far as it is, as the piece is concerned. Right. Um, but, and of course it was written in, uh, in, in the Easter season, uh, which is another thing that has completely, uh, changed is particularly in North America. It is it is often produced around Christmas time, and uh, it's become this this great tradition for people to go hear the Messiah every year. And, and all the major cities in the world probably have three or four competing Messiahs. Um, and in Vancouver, we have a, we have a nice ro- rotating uh, agreement uh, where we we do it one year, and the Vancouver Chamber Choir does it another year, and we share it. Because we don't. <laughs> I wondered if you guys the were audience. sharing the spoils there or not, because I, I I have in, in my years of doing this job noticed that you know it's like oh this year it's these guys doing it you know and it's and these guys are doing it you know, yeah. And I wondered if like you know there's I mean, some back alleyway quarrel dealings you know it's like okay you guys. You know, it's like, <laughs> 
you play, you, know, you, yeah, you, you roll the dice to see who back wins. Alley, but uh, it's more of a kind of gentleman's agreement where, sure. you know, we, uh, Vancouver, like we were talking, is a very vibrant coral city. It's hard for a group, though, to, uh, I think, for two competing groups to uh, to be able to, to sell this at the same time. And so we just generally stay out of each other's way. And uh, it also helps to keep the work fresher, I think, for, for all of us, because if we were doing it every year, um, it, it's, it's easy sometimes for a piece like that to become, I won't say stayed, but, you know, people sort of take it for granted. And this way, nobody takes it for granted. Right. Um, so we're very, we're very charged about, uh, about it being our turn. And, um, you know, another fun thing about the piece is the fact that you, you have four soloists. So uh, every time we do it, I try and get, uh, you know, some of the best people I possibly can. And uh, this year, I'm, I'm really pleased. Actually, the, um, the interesting thing about our soloists for this year is that they're people I've, I've all worked with on the operatic stage. Uh, but only one of them have I ever worked with in, in an oratorio setting. And that's our, our bass baritone, Daniel Coolidge. Uh, who's, uh, you know, he, he has an apartment in Vancouver. He sings around the world. He's not in town very much, but he is a, a BC-based singer. Um, of course, soprano Simone Osborne just starred in the Vancouver yes, right. Opera production She's... of Rigoletto. And we've worked together. I've been working with Simone since she was a first-year student at UBC. Uh, and now she's, you know, really kind of taking the world by storm, the operatic world particularly. Uh, Susan Plax, who is uh, a resident of Victoria, B.C., who is also a singer who has graced some of the world's greatest stages, um, will be uh, the, the alto soloist for us. And um, I, what I'm bringing in uh, a wonderful uh, Toronto-based tenor, Andrew Haji, who uh, in the last couple of years has had some remarkable successes. He was the grand prize winner of uh, the competition in the Netherlands last year. Right. I worked with him in Italy, where he was singing in La Boheme, and he's currently starring in the Canadian Opera Company production of uh, La Traviata. And uh, he's a, a person that I think almost nobody on the West Coast knows. And I guarantee you that after this performance, that will change. So I'm super excited. I feel like I have just an all-star lineup of soloists. Um, it's a piece that the choir has done many times, but we have many new members. So uh, right. that's also an exciting thing. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to December. And I hope that uh, I hope that people will come out and hear those concerts. It seems to me, though, that it, December is a time where people are especially interested and uh, willing to go to hear music, particularly anything associated with Christmas. So you're right about that whole Nutcracker thing. There is definitely a tie-in with choral groups and the Messiah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is truly a spectacular piece of music. There's no question about that. It's, it's Absolutely. The range of emotion uh, in, in the, the storytelling, the arc of the storytelling, the contrasts between the pieces, whether they, they're for the, you know, the chorus or whether they're for the soloist, are just phenomenal. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that Handel, Handel was one of the most cosmopolitan composers of his time. He was born in Germany. He mm. then went off as a young man to, to Italy to study Italian opera. And that became, uh, uh, it was through Italian opera that he became famous in the first place. Then he moved to England and he absorbed sort of the English traditions. And at this stage of the game, he kind of turned his back on opera and, and started writing oratorios. Right. And uh, that's where he really, in a way, hit, hit the, uh, you know... The and the Messiah is, without a doubt, probably... 
Yeah, and, and without a doubt, it's it's probably the most important piece of music to come out of Dublin, of all things. Um, I, I always, well, yes, that's right. I always Absolutely. find that really really interesting that he was he was given a residency and commissioned to write it for the opening of a theater that is now nothing but I think a, just a faceplate and a gate um, in downtown. But right. uh, you know, it's it, back to what you were saying before about the variations on it. When when you choose your soloists and stuff, do you go for different versions? different versions of handles that handle made of the music like say you have a soloist that's in a particular range and you go okay well he wrote re- re- he he tweaked this one part for for that vocal range or he uh, definitely that that would that would play a, a consideration in particular there's there's moments uh, every mezzo soprano i know that i've talked to has always said oh you know um the, one, the, one of the first things they have to sing they just find so low and so they're often happy if if i uh, say a, a uh, the baritone or bass is, is, is willing to do that. Um, and, you know, again, the, the, some of those arias have three or four different, uh, different versions. So I like to kind of connect with the people that, uh, that we have and, and just make sure that we're picking the, the arias that they, they love to do and that, that fit so well for them. And, um, we, I think we've got a really, uh, a really nice fitting uh, Messiah with with the soloists and with the, the versions of the aria, so we're going to do nice. Now you were talking before about just you know that many singers. It still sort of boggles the mind to have that many voices on stage, but also the fact that you know it's almost like a farm club scene that you've got going. You know, from the younger to the next level to the next level. Um, just how much practice goes into being able to perform this piece? Uh, were we talking specifically about the Messiah right now? Or yeah, the show specifically or, the Messiah, or, or just you know in, anything. I mean, how much how much work do these people oh, have to put in to be able to to sing so beautifully? Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I'll take it back a step. You know, anybody that sings in our choir is expected to have some vocal training and to be able to read music. Mm. Uh, so that we're not starting from you know absolute scratch of, of, of banging out notes for people to to uh, to learn that way. They have to be able to uh, to come in and, and and read and then go from there. Uh, we rehearse once a week. So we start in the the day after Labor Day. Tuesday nights are our rehearsal nights, and uh, depending on the number of concerts and projects we have on the go, you know we'll be rehearsing some of this material from. Um, September, October on. Now, I just uh, did a performance of Carmina Burana with the choir and the Vancouver Academy uh, of Music Symphony Orchestra uh, a couple of weeks ago. So most of our initial rehearsals uh, since September were geared towards that. And now the choir is into the mode of, of preparing the, the pieces that they're going to do for the Christmas concert, for the Messiah, and also getting a, a bit of a head start on one of, of our spring concert uh, programs, which is the Bach's St. Matthew Passion, which I referred to earlier, which is just a humongous uh, piece. And unlike the Messiah, uh, it's not performed every year or every other no, year no. by us. Um, it's been, I'm, I'm quite certain, close to two decades since uh, that, that has been programmed. And uh, it's, uh, you know, even in terms of length, it's, it's longer than the Messiah. And the, the resources that it demands are, are greater. Uh, for example, every, it's, a, it's written for double chorus, so with the, the same number of choristers that we have, it's split in half, so that rather than having standard, most of the time, eight parts, you know, thought rather four parts, soprano, alto, tenors, and basses, mm. all of that is split into two. Um, there are more soloists, 
uh, it's just the dimensions of the work are much larger. So given that that's around the corner as well, you know, the choir's working on that. So it also, I must say, helps though to keep everybody really uh, charged up and and interested. If you're just rehearsing, say, the Messiah week after week after week, uh, that can sometimes also feel a little less uh, exciting. So uh, I like very much to keep people on their toes and and just keep them ready for uh, for a, a lot of different things at the same time. All right, that's great. And thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back to working out with uh, this world premiere in Toronto. And uh, Thank you. That was Les Dahl with the Vancouver Bach Choir, who have two major shows coming up in December. On December 6th, uh, Christmas with the Bach Choir at uh, 2 p.m. And, and then, of course, their presentation of Handel's Messiah on December 12th. And thanks again to Leslie Dahl, the musical director of the Vancouver Bach Choir, talking about the group's 85th season, including, and I'm going to reiterate both of these shows, uh, Christmas with the Bach Choir, which takes place at the Orpheum Theatre on Sunday, December the 6th at 2 p.m., and also Handel's Messiah, the ever-popular, at the Orpheum Theatre Sunday, December 12th at 8 p.m. Tickets for both of those can be purchased at VancouverBachChoir.com. Moving right along with the scene, what's happening and active around town. The group Odessa from uh, Seattle. Uh, this Seattle duo blew up with its 2012 debut, Summer's Gone, which really was an album that sounded a lot like, I don't know, one of those real Pacific Northwestern, moody, melancholic, fragile, buzz and tick uh, kind of electronica, electro-folk. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't really care. I just know that I like the sound of it, and it grows on you like a Pacific Northwest fungus. Odessa's here with a song called Light, featuring uh, the vocal talents of Little Dragon. This is taken from the band's sophomore record, In Return, which is out on Counter Records. And they're playing at the Commodore Ballroom, uh, Tuesday, December 1st. Tickets to Ticketmaster.com.
See, pretty catchy stuff. I mean, in a really mood back, laid, mood back, mood back, laid way, laid back, moody way. Um, we're looking forward to having that show in town. I think it's uh, selling pretty well. So you might want to get your tickets quick to that if you want to go see Odessa. Just running through some other shows that are going on with our Christmas theme. Uh, Early Music Vancouver's Festival Cantatas is happening at the Chan Center, December 20th at 8 p.m. Tickets are only $17.50 for that at earlymusicbc.ca. This is their big show of the year in a lot of ways, and it's I've been to quite a few of these early music uh, cantata, Christmas cantata things, and they're really fine. If you want to hear some great vocal work from way, way back, the hit list long before radio was even a concept. Good Noise Vancouver Gospel Choir is also presenting its Celebrate a Good Noise Christmas, uh, first at the Christchurch Cathedral on December 11th and 12th at 8 p.m., and then at the Fraserview uh, MB Church in Richmond on December 13th at 3 p.m. Tickets for those are available at brownpapertickets.com. And now in a little bit uh, more music, we've got uh, the Vinyl Cafe with Stuart McLean, and uh, guests on this will be The Once, quite popular band that signed to Network Records, local management and label here in town. Uh, the Vinyl Cafe thing with The Once is happening at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre, Saturday, November 28th, for two and uh, two shows on Sunday, November 29th. And here's musical guest The Once playing uh, a track called We Are Running, taken from the band's latest album on Network. Do you believe in fate? That we've been traveling on the same path It's taken my Same rain. 
And finishing up, we've got one item sticking with our Christmassy classical Coralie theme in the herd section of Seen and Heard. And this is the Electric Women's Choir, local Vancouver choir that are very fine, taken from their new album Still, which is available through Electra, E-L-E-K-T-R-A dot C-A. It's a self-released, very well-recorded album. You can hear the track Tearly, Tearly. That's T-Y-R-L-E-Y, comma T-Y-R-L-E-Y. Uh, and this is a new song from Kingston, Ontario composer Mark Sirrett. And it uh, features Lorna McGee on flute and uh, Stephen Smith on piano. Stephen Smith, who regularly performs with Electra. And the choir does not have any shows lined up right now, but uh, give this a listen and maybe it'll inspire you to take a look at their website and see if you can find a show later on.
Once again, I'm Stuart Dardian. This has been Seen and Heard, and we'll be back with you next week for another edition. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Dardane. Catch Stuart in the Province newspaper or online at theprovince.com. <laughs> <laughs>